Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. I'm Daryl McMullen, and this is a show dedicated to understanding the human condition, the impact it has on us, how we respond to it, how we can exceed the expectations and limitations of this world, in essence, how we can level up and live lives that serve a higher purpose. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Good to be with you here today. It is October 5th, 2020 already. Insane how fast this year is going, even in light of all of the events that uh, that are going on. So we've got a lot of content to cover today. Um, I'm going to jump right into our minute of transparency, and I titled it COVID and Blizzards. Uh, as I was writing this episode of the podcast, I spent a lot of time thinking about where we're at right now. You know, what COVID has done to us, what it means for our families and our kids, and ultimately our way of life moving forward. And as I thought about it, I realized, wow, COVID is very similar to a blizzard and the way a blizzard works. Now, for those of you or those of us living in Southern California, this might be a hard concept to grasp. Um, you know, the most snow we have here uh, is up in the mountains, which is actually a pretty quick drive if you head up to to Big Bear or, you know, even farther north, go up to Mammoth uh, during the winter. You'll see lots of snow. Um, but for the average person growing up in Southern California, obviously snow is not a thing. Uh, but for me, you know, when I was in first grade, my parents uh, sat me and my siblings down and and they explained that we were going to move to the wild, wild west. Uh, we packed everything up and we headed out from Hinsdale, Illinois, uh, to a little town in Wyoming called Powell. Uh, as it turns out, we stayed there for the next seven years, and those seven years would be some of the best years of my life. Uh, Powell was a small town in northern Wyoming, uh, about 20 minutes from Cody, Wyoming, which is much more familiar to people and about an hour away from Yellowstone National Park. And in our little valley, there was a, a mountain called Heart Mountain, which was a majestic peak uh, that was ever present during those years growing up there. And it was in Powell that I experienced my first real blizzard. Sure, we had snow in the Midwest and freezing cold temperatures, but most of the snow was heavy and wet and dumped on us because we lived right next to Lake Michigan. But a blizzard is a whole different thing. Uh, let's get geeky for a second and, and just think about the science behind a blizzard. So you have to have cold air, right, below freezing. You have to have moisture to form the clouds and the precipitation. You need the moist air to rise over the very cold air, which forms snow. And then you need winds greater than 35 miles an hour. And the experience is just crazy. So here, here's kind of some of the things that happen during a blizzard. So it can be a totally normal winter day, sun shining, uh, and then the sun, and then the snow starts, which causes it to get a bit darker out. Uh, the wind starts, and the snow begins to go sideways or swirl or um, you know go in different directions rather than just falling straight down from the sky. Uh, pretty soon, visibility decreases and can be completely removed in what's called a whiteout. Uh, during this time, the snow is being moved rapidly from place to place, and as it moves, it's deposited in low-lying areas. Very quickly, ditches fill up, holes, small depressions, 
things like that. Uh, the low areas on each side of the highway, for example, you know, where where water is meant to run off the highway and things like that. All of that quickly fills up and it, and it just becomes a very flat surface. And that's when the drifting begins. So over these low-lying areas, once those are full of snow, um, drifts begin to form against objects or simply because of the way the winds are blowing. So these drifts can get as high as the objects that they're built against. For example, in the great blizzard of 1978, there were houses that had drifts completely up to the roof, anywhere from eight to 12 feet high. Uh, and because of the visibility and the drifting, there's nothing really you can do but hunker down and ride out the storm. A blizzard sets in and you just have to ride it out. You don't know how long it'll be. You don't know how long it'll be before they're gone. Um, and they, you know, they can go for days and they can even continue after the storm has left the area. The, if strong winds are present, that's all that's needed to keep the snow swirling and the visibility low. So once the storm is gone uh, and things officially die down, then you have to feel with, uh, deal with the after effects of the blizzard. So finding people who got lost in the storm, digging out from under huge amounts of snow. Uh, structures, you know, will collapse due to the weight of the snow. Uh, having excessive water that is produced once all that snow starts melting and begins to run off, which then usually ends up in flooding in low-lying areas. Now, I put a bunch of pictures in the show notes, so if you're interested in, in seeing some of the images from the 1978 blizzard, um, feel free to head on over and look at those. But this is what I was thinking about when I realized COVID is very similar to a large blizzard. And here's how. So it started uh, without us really even knowing that it was coming, right? It was a gradual thing that caught us off guard and kind of lulled us into inactivity at first. But then when it fully hit, we had to hunker down in our homes. Pretty much everything had to stop and only essential personnel could be out and about. And even though things are opening back up, we still have no idea how long it will last or if it's going to have a resurgence. And at the end of the day, even when it's gone, our lives will not be the same. And I think we're just coming to grips with that, right? There, there's going to be a lasting impact for this, uh, from this pandemic for years to come. Obviously, there's going to be grief and loss from uh, the loss of friends and family members. Uh, though There will be struggles due to a lost business or a decreased revenue. The educational losses in kids, you know, who just couldn't make uh, distance or online learning work for them. Families torn apart due to domestic violence, child abuse, or things like that, you know, uh, things that go unreported uh, because kids are not physically in school and teachers aren't interacting with them on a daily basis. Uh, kids going hungry because they don't have access to the school breakfast or lunch programs. I mean, the ripple effect is really going to be staggering uh, for years to come. A good illustration of that is, you know, my wife and I were talking the other day about the whole Disneyland thing. So Disneyland just decided to lay off 28,000 employees. I mean, just think about that for a minute. 28,000 families, families with jobs, families with, you know, incomes, and now all of that is gone. The park remains closed. Restaurants and hotels in the areas are without patrons, and they're having to lay their people off. Uh, airlines, you know, that typically see a, a huge amount of people flying to California for uh, things like Disneyland um, are having to lay people off and cancel flights. And it just keeps going. 
Now this is dark, I know, right? It's We started out really dark, but that's really the vibe for today's episode, right? The topic is transcending storms. And like we said, COVID is a global storm right now, a giant blizzard, if you will, um, that the entire planet is having to go through. But it isn't only, it isn't the only storm, and it certainly won't be the last storm we experience in life. So today's topic is transcending storms. Uh, And in this episode, we're going to talk about the calm before the storm, a storm is coming, and then learning from your storms. Number one, the calm before the storm. So I'm not sure where you were at uh, prior to COVID, but my guess is that you probably fell into one of these three categories. Number one, life is good. Life was great. Things were up and to the right. Life was awesome. uh, And you were only expecting things to get better. Number two, uh, life was more of a 50-50 thing. You had good days, you had bad days, but overall you were just plodding along, taking each day as they came. Or three, you were in a storm of your own. Life wasn't good. Maybe you were in a really dark place, waiting for it all to end. Until COVID hit, of course. That was pretty much everyone, right? I mean, you could almost clump everyone into one of those three categories. Then COVID hit, and you know, we still have those three categories, but now we're all just experiencing those categories with a dark cloud hanging over our heads. So this episode acknowledges the fact that COVID exists. It acknowledges that it's a current storm that we're all going through. But the real focus of the episode isn't COVID. I mean, it's just, it's all the smaller stuff, right? The smaller storms, the more personal ones that we go through as individuals, families, and communities. Those storms that we have been uh, experiencing and that have been around since the dawn of time and will likely continue long after COVID has been eradicated. But before we fully dive into those storms and the impact they have on us, I want to talk briefly about this concept called the calm before the storm. It's really quite interesting to me. I mean, it's unique, it's ironic, it's juxtaposition, it's yin and yang, it's push and pull. The two concepts that seem so far apart, a sense of calm and a sense of storm. Now I understand if there's no storm in your life, you could just say things are calm but I don't think that's really what's at the heart of this saying. It's not just the opposite of the storm, right? I mean, if we were just going for opposites, maybe the word peace or something like that could be the opposite of storm. But calm is a bit different. Think of it this way. When a tsunami is about to hit a coastline, there are a few moments of calm. Things get silent, the water along the coast actually recedes away from the coastline, and there are no waves crashing, right? However, this calm is short-lived. When the tsunami arrives, it is a massive wall of water moving 35 miles an hour and potentially reaching over 30 feet in height. Similarly, uh, when a tornado producing storm approaches, there is an area in front of the storm where the calm is palpable. The winds almost stop and there's an eerie green light that you see, a feeling of peace that is felt even though you know what's coming because there's probably tornado sirens going off. Uh, But this calm is soon overtaken by swirling winds, blowing debris, and eventually a tornado. And people who have been through a tornado will tell you it sounded like a freight train being driven right through the center of their house. So what does this have to do with us? Well, if you take these illustrations from the natural world and apply it to the storms we experience in our lives, 
it suggests we may go through periods of exceptional calm right before the storm hits. Now, I'm not going to be dogmatic about this and say that it always happens this way, um, but looking back at the storms you've weathered in your life, were, there, were these storms preceded by times that were really good, times where things were really going well for you and your family, and then out of the blue the storm hit? I think we'd all agree that storms aren't always telegraphed. In fact, most of them, most of the really bad ones, aren't. They come upon us like tsunamis or tornadoes. Just when everything seems calm and we're in a really good place, the storm hits with all of its fury. So what do we do with this concept, this idea that there is a calm before the storm? Well, I would suggest a few things. First, love the calm. Enjoy every minute of it. Be in the moment. Smell the roses. Take all the pictures and bring people along for the ride. Two, Understand where this calm came from. Don't view it as something that you've achieved. Don't view it as something that is owed you for all of your hard work. Understand that every good thing comes from our Creator. Because of this, be thankful and be quick to give God recognition for the successes that you are enjoying. Three, finally, the balance is important. Find balance when it comes to thinking about the future. Like I said, the calm typically is followed by a storm. So if we know storms are coming, how do we balance our view of those storms that are on the way? First, understand that they will come. You're not immune to them. Everybody goes through them. Because of this, it's always good to have a plan, to be proactive and think through how you want to respond when a storm hits. And then second, at the same time, you know, don't dwell on it. Don't become anxious or depressed or wake up every day in dread saying, oh my goodness, could this be the day that the storm hits? Number two, a storm is coming. So let's talk a little bit more about this whole concept of a storm coming or the storms are a way of life that everyone experiences them and that you don't really have, nobody really has a get out of jail free card, right? So we know why storms exist, right? For those of you who went through the controversy theory series with us uh, earlier this year, this should sound really familiar. First, uh, the human condition is made up of storms. And the root cause of these storms is this thing we call the sin virus. So when Satan was removed from heaven, he brought the virus to earth and he convinced us that it was the right thing to do. That if we just chose his way, we would be like God knowing good from evil. And unfortunately, we fell for it, and since then, the sin virus has impacted every living thing on the planet, including the planet itself. Every storm that happens, whether it's a natural thing like a tornado, tsunami, hurricane, or if it's a personal storm like addiction, loss of a job, or a cancer diagnosis, all of these exist because of the sin virus. Second, there's this thing called the controversy, which is a very real battle going on right now. Now, people often discount its importance or even refuse to believe it, but it is 100% real. There is a battle going on behind the scenes uh, between God and Satan, and this battle is over the earth and its inhabitants, over you and me. This battle is mostly behind the scenes, but there is a definite ripple effect that impacts us directly. Satan is doing everything in his power to destroy the planet and us along with it. So many of the storms we face are because of the things that he has orchestrated, things that God allows to happen in order for us to truly understand the nature of the sin virus. And while God takes no pleasure in these things happening, 
he must allow the sin virus to play itself out. Lucky for us, one of God's roles in the controversy is to keep Satan from completely destroying us. We find an interesting story in the Bible that kind of speaks to this. In the, in the book of Job, thought to be one of the first books ever written, um, God allowed Satan to tempt Job with storms that were unthinkable. He basically lost everything he had in life, from his, his wealth, his property, his homes, even his children, um, died in, in violent tornadoes. Um, he also experienced a severe, painful medical condition for days and days, and then, um, you know, kind of worked through emotional trauma in dealing with his friends and his wife and, and how they pushed back about the condition that he was in and that he should just curse God and die. But God gave Satan guardrails in the situation. He wasn't allowed to kill Job. And in the end, uh, Job chose to still be loyal to God, even through the storms that Satan brought against him. Now, on some level, this story may not be that comforting to you or to me, right? I mean, we, we see that Satan was basically allowed to do things to Job that brought him within an inch of his life. And so it's not that comforting. However, the Bible does explain that this could be a one-off situation. You know, Satan was um, directly using Job to test God. Satan wanted to prove that if he just put some harsh storms in Job's life, that he would stop being loyal to God. And though this may seem like an extreme case study, um, don't we see some of the same things happening today? I mean, what, what is this when we, when we hear that a parent lo- loses a child to cancer? Or, you know, we see f- a freak accident killing two members of a family and leaving the others alive. Or what about being one of the 3,000 people who died on 9-11? or having multiple people in your family pass away from COVID-19. And the list just goes on and on. The big question is this, what if these storms are the same for us as Job's storms were for him? What if the storms that we face in life are nothing more than Satan throwing his best shots in our direction, hoping that we will curse God and die? We'll talk more about that a little bit later in the episode, but for now, Um, Let's talk about one other interesting thing about storms, and that is that storms are the great equalizer, right? Storms are no respecter of persons. Nobody gets to opt out based on age, race, gender, spirituality, ethnicity, family heritage, or socioeconomic standing. Don't believe me? Here are just a few recent examples of storms that came to people that we think have it all. So in the recent California wildfires in the last couple years, Uh, Robin Thicke, Gerard Butler, Miley Cyrus, and Shannon Doherty lost their homes. Uh, Sharon Stone recently reported that multiple family members are dying of COVID-19. And just this month, believe it or not, Joe Montana and his wife uh, in a home in Malibu had to fight off an intruder who was attempting to steal their grandchild from their own home. If these stories don't confirm, what will? Fame, fortune, wealth, none of these things will keep us from the storms of life. So before we wrap this up and and find a silver lining that comes with every storm, let's just call out some of the more common storms that people face in this country. So this is everything from homelessness to hunger, addiction, job loss, failed business deals, divorce, abuse, which includes domestic, sexual, verbal, emotional, and physical abuse human trafficking, medical problems, mental health issues like depression, anxiety, PTSD, anger problems, etc., diseases and pandemics, war, 
uh, assault and battery, police brutality, uh, being burglarized, racism, sexism, both personal and systemic, um, impacted by natural disasters, loneliness, and the list just goes on. In fact, this list doesn't even begin to do justice to the things that people have gone through or are going through in life that they view as a storm. But it is a list, and it's a long one. And I mean, think about what if this was an all-inclusive list? Wouldn't that be daunting enough? The truth is, the sin virus is insidious. It's everywhere. It impacts everything. If Satan can find something good to corrupt, he will. If he can design something that will cause pain, he will. If he can influence people to do unthinkable things to other people, he will. And if he can influence us to do things that will destroy the earth and eventually create an unlivable environment for ourselves, he will. Satan's game plan is revenge, and he will stop at nothing to see the earth and us pay for his loss, which was being removed from his position of power in heaven. Number three, learning from your storms. Again, don't get me wrong, this is a very dark episode, right? We've, we've already talked about the pain and the suffering and the inevitability of storms. Um, it doesn't seem like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But what if there was? What if there was a silver lining? What if there was more to a storm than meets the eye? Sorry, just went Transformers there for a second. Uh, but it's true. Storms are inevitable. For some, um, you know, they're in a storm right now. For others, they've been through them in the past. And for still others, they know that they're right on the horizon. But storms are inevitable for the reasons that we've covered above. Um, but they can also be used for good. I know it sounds impossible, but think about it. You hear it all the time. Something bad happens, and a victim is interviewed, and then you often hear statements like, one good thing that came from this, or I just want this incident to mean something and to help others, or that situation made me a better person, or I can't tell you how much I learned from uh, going through that. Sound familiar? Uh, so what is that? right? How does that work? How are people able to go through unthinkable things and still find the silver lining, still find the good in it somehow, or make something good come out of it? Or in the Christian world, maybe it sounds more like this. How are people able to weather storms and still remain loyal to God, right? Similar to the story we read about in Job. Well, I think the answer is in the word itself, right? A storm is a process that we go through. It has a beginning and an end, and there are stages in between. And somewhere in there lies the answer to our question, is there really a silver lining? Now, I'm not going to answer all of these questions for you as if I'm a know-it-all or, or an all-knowing one. In fact, this, this entire episode really began uh, to come together after I listened to a message series uh, from my old church. So the church is Granger Community Church. You can find it at uh, grangerchurch.com. And the message series was uh, called Into the Storm, and it's uh, back in February of 2020, if you're looking for it. Uh, it was a four-part message series on handling the storms of your life that you experience. And if you're interested in content like this, I would just recommend that you go and listen to all four. But what I did is I pulled out a concept uh, that they presented, which is using the word storm as an acrostic, where each letter of the word stands for something. And I've added some of my own thoughts to it, so it's not exactly um, what they had originally presented, but I love the idea. The idea was definitely theirs. So let's work through the letters together. 
S stands for sin. So like we've discussed, storm, the storms that we face in life are due to the sin virus. Though that can be pretty vague, um, it's also very true that a storm can happen because a sinful person, a sinful company, a sinful organization, basically caused a storm to happen to you. And to get even closer to home, you could be the sinful person doing things that are creating storms in other people's lives, or even your own. Or our sin can actually be the cause of a storm that we're having to walk through. So a good example of that would be, you know, the, the sin of doing something to excess or becoming addicted to something is really ours to begin with because we decided to start the process that eventually became the storm of addiction. Next, we have T, and T stands for Tests, Trials, and Trust. So if we can look at a storm through the Job lens, uh, we, we come to understand that there is a good chance the storm has a test involved in it, right? There's a test that's in a part of a larger controversy that's being played out on our planet. Our little storm could be a trial that gives us the opportunity to show the world who we really are and who we believe in. Uh, it's it's chance to stand up and to show others that belief. At the end of the day, it's a, really a trust issue, right? Who do we trust to get us through the storm? Do we give up? Do we rely solely on our own strength? Or do we ask for help and rely on God to help us in the storm? Next, we have O, which stands for options. And our options are to overcome or be overwhelmed. So anytime we're in a storm, right, we have these options, whether we believe we do or not. We may not be able to control the thing that is happening to us, but we always have the ability to choose our response to what's happening to us. And this is really the key. The two obvious options are overcome the storm or be overwhelmed by it. So overcoming the storm looks like this. It looks like trusting God throughout the storm and choosing to trust him through the trial. Being overwhelmed looks like the following. Thinking you can handle it yourself, or giving up, or just throwing up your hands and choosing not to do anything, or choosing things like anger, anxiety, and depression to overwhelm you instead of um, trusting and, and asking someone else for help. Next we have R, which stands for revelations. So storms really reveal things that we didn't know about ourselves. As we navigate the difficulties, we begin to see the following. Things like, if we were really prepared for the storm in the first place, um, how reliant we are on our own strength, if we actually trust God in the first place, uh, if we believe in faulty ways of thinking like bad things should happen, bad things shouldn't happen to good people, or life should be fair. Um, and these are things that are revealed as you go through the storm. And finally, we have M. M stands for maturity. So during a storm, if we're honest with ourselves and we're willing to wrestle with the things that were revealed about ourselves, we have the ability to grow and mature. And in this maturity, we not only become better people, but we also are better equipped to tackle the next storm that comes along. The concept here is simple. Growth can only happen through adversity. Or it might be better to say it this way. Growth happens fastest during adversity. So let's land the plane. This week, I want you to ask yourself the following questions. Would you say that your life is pretty calm right now? 
If so, are you prepared for future storms? What have you done to be prepared? Number two, what storms have you been through in your life? How have you handled them? Looking back, do you wish you could have handled them differently? And three, I hope that you've learned something from those storms. And if so, what are those things? In other words, what was revealed about you during those storms? And did you use that information to mature in some way? And my hope for you this week uh, is totally based on what you're going through this week. If life is calm, enjoy it. Enjoy it fully and be thankful that your life is going well. Two, if your life is just plodding along 50-50, some good, some bad, take each day at a time and be thankful for the good things that you experience. And finally, if you're in a storm right now, I pray that you find peace in knowing that God is with you through the storm. As always, thanks for choosing to hang out with us this morning. And uh, until next time, keep transcending human. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find ways to contact us and how to access social media channels. If you like the show, you can help us by doing the following. First, tell a few friends about the show. Uh, There's nothing better than word-of-mouth marketing. Second, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, This will make it easier to find the show and encourage others to check us out. Uh, Thanks again for subscribing, and we'll see you next time.